Hello everyone and welcome back to the Sign of the Dollar. Now, it's been a very long time since I last recorded a podcast and I feel that's almost become a part of my intro now because it is true. I usually end up recording a few podcasts every 2 months and then uh, uploading them over the course of the next few weeks and that's what's happened over the last few weeks. If I remember correctly, the last time I've recorded a podcast must have been sometime in August. Uh but anyway, I'm getting to it right now. I've had Needless to say that I've had a lot going on. Uh schoolwork, I'm in 12th grade now. Uh university applications have been going on and yeah, you can say I've also been <laughs> kind of lazy. Uh I've had some time to record a podcast, but I never really got to it. It's also partly because uh my microphone wasn't working. Uh but <laughs> enough of excuses and to the topic at hand. So today I wanted to talk about climate change. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't often prepare for my podcasts. You can call me lazy and you wouldn't be wrong because to some extent I am when it comes to recording these podcasts. If there are specific uh points that I want to get across or a specific analysis that I want to do, then I will prepare, but for the most part, especially with discussions with other people, I prefer for them to flow freely and naturally. Uh if if I prepare a rigid list of things that I want to say, um i won't really gain anything from the podcast apart from being able to articulate these in speech if i let it free flowly uh <laughs> if i let it flow freely uh on the other hand i come up with new ideas as i'm speaking and i just think that it feels a lot more natural uh now that's for discussions but for podcasts that i record myself obviously it also helps me to come up with new ideas but regardless it <laughs> you could say that it's because i'm lazy and i wouldn't blame you for saying that but it, if you want a hard statistical analysis or something of that sort i'm going to be completely honest this isn't the best podcast to refer to you can find several of podcasts which talk about climate change which talk about the different perspectives and give you know hard statistics to back their points for me i'm simply going to say what i've heard what i think is the case i'm going to talk about some of my opinions and uh, use certain conclusions which are generally accepted in science when it comes to climate change. So now that that's out of the way, let's talk about Greta Thunberg. I I don't know exactly how to say her name. I mean, I lived in Sweden for a while, so I know it is pronounced something along the lines of Greta Thunberg or something like that. I don't really care. I'm going to call her Greta Thunberg when I'm talking about her in my podcast. It's just a lot easier and it <laughs> feels a lot more natural. I bet somebody's going to make fun of me, somebody from Sweden or even somebody uh, from any other country uh, if if I try to uh, mimic a Swedish accent or try to pronounce it correctly. Uh, but anyway, what do I think of her? I'd like to start by saying that her passion and her initiative is admirable. She definitely seems committed to what she's doing and she does seem to have genuine concern for the environment even if her concern is driven by misinformation misinformation and exaggeration uh it still is there and that drive and that passion at that age is admirable but i will say it's misplaced she has become somewhat of a puppet for the alarmist group uh that cares more for its own gain than actually helping the environment i don't know if it's her parents or somebody else that got her into it but her brand of fighting against climate change uh consists of uh this alarmist group who over exaggerates uh what's going on in the world right now in order to maybe 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 they have good intentions behind it maybe they just want people to be like hey wake up do your do your best 
uh, let's let's save the planet. Let's do our best to save the planet. And if that's the case, I mean, sure, fair enough. But I still don't appreciate if you're spreading false information and if you're trying to deliberately misinform people for your own gain. And that's what it is usually in these cases. Uh, people who exaggerate climate change, people who who uh, act as if we're going the world world's going to end in a few decades or something extreme of that sort, are generally. Uh, people who are doing it for political power, political gain, and have something to achieve for themselves uh, by doing so, whether it be trying to get people to vote for their policy under the guise of helping the climate when in reality they're actually expanding the power of the state. And that has happened uh, commonly and it, it definitely is something that you can still see in uh, some of the Democratic candidates. Now, do I think that that's the case with her? Um, I don't I don't think so. I mean, she's just a kid and that's coming from somebody who's just one year older than her. But I don't think she's doing this for any sort of power or political gain, maybe to some extent for attention. But still, that doesn't seem her main motive. She does seem to actually have a genuine concern, as I mentioned earlier, and her goal may indeed be to help the environment um, to to her best ability and raise awareness. So is she raising awareness? Sure, she definitely is. By by having this alarmist message, she's definitely getting a lot of people on board. And that's usually what works. If you have this, this doomsday situation, it sells much more than people just saying, oh, yeah, you know, uh, there are some climate problems and we can do a few things about them, but we have quite a lot of time and uh, it's, it's not exactly an urgent situation. If people are saying that, even if they're being honest, um, it's it's not really going to work out. It's not really going to have the same effect as being extreme and being as loud and as exaggerated as you are in your speech. And, and that's what Greta Thunberg has done. But there are definitely other people who are also influential and who are actually doing something directly to help the in environment. Uh, I can't think of their names off the top of my heads, but uh, I'm sure a lot of you have seen these kinds of people on social media when they're making comparisons between Greta Thunberg and other people who have actually sp dedicated their lives and spent lots of time to actually providing realistic solutions and actually engaging themselves within those solutions and carrying them out for themselves. So while she has this passion and this passion is admirable, I would advise her to direct this passion, redirect this passion into something that's actually going to be helpful. Uh, the kinds of solutions that she's proposing, I actually, I don't even know what solutions she's proposing. She's, I saw her UN speech and that was just speaking disrespectfully to world leaders and shouting at them while they applauded her and heavily exaggerate, exaggerating the situation. But yeah, I don't know if she has any solutions and I don't expect her to have any solutions as a kid, but she can redirect that passion into doing actual activities uh, like planting trees and other direct activities that are going to be of service to the world and are actually going to help improve the planet because there's definitely a lot of people and although I don't agree with this approach and I wouldn't do it myself there's definitely a lot of people who see people like Greta Thunberg uh, see her extremist message and see the over-exaggeration and know for a fact that it is over-exaggeration and uh, it's it's a group, a, a brand of alarmism, when they see that, it just encourages them more not to give a shit about the environment and not, to their best ability, uh, do things that are going to help the environment. Th there's 
a lot of people who see things like that and be like, oh, just for the hell of it, just to piss people like her off, I'm going to do things that are bad for the environment. While this is a flawed way of thinking, it definitely does happen. And we can't just pretend that it doesn't. We can try to prevent it from happening. But the best thing to do is to be honest about the situation at hand. And even if you want to sell a doomsday situation, uh, well, first of all, you shouldn't sell the doomsday situation. But if you really want to raise awareness, there are other ways you can do it without uh, basically spreading lies or over-exaggerating the case. Part of the problem with spreading misinformation and exaggerating the matter at hand is that you're putting fear into people, especially younger people who don't know much about this and who relate uh, with Greta Thunberg on, on that sort of level. I mean, there's a lot of people in my school. We had a protest recently, and it was done in the with the cooperation of the school, so I didn't really get the point of that protest, but whatever, to each their own. And a lot of people went to that protest and had this this sense of virtue that they're actually doing something when I suggested that maybe we could do something that'll actually be better for the environment, such as planting trees and taking care of them as a school. Uh, I, I really doubt such solutions will be implemented. But the point is that she is inspiring people, but at the same time, she's scaring a lot of children who don't have much exposure to what's actually happening, who can't really interpret science and the, the facts of reality to that extent where they can know, okay, yeah, we should do our best to help the environment, but uh, people like Greta Thunberg and, and people who, who support her and people of that sort are exaggerating the situation. So it is a problem if you're scaring a lot of people into thinking that they could die at any moment because of how extreme or how bad the situation is. And I don't think it is that bad, uh, for sure. So that brings me to my next point. Um, this is a very common straw man by the left. And while it is to an extent true, it's a lot rarer than a lot of people think it is. And it's, it's not as big a problem as the alarmist side of things. And what I'm talking about is climate change deniers. I don't think many people to this day just say that straight up that climate change isn't real. Maybe they'll say man-made climate change isn't real, and even that isn't entirely accurate, but there's very few people who just straight up deny climate change. There's no conclusive proof, even so, that it is dominantly man-made. Let's just assume that it is, okay? For, for the sake of these uh, alarmists, for the sake of actually trying to help the environment, let's assume that we are impacting the climate to an extent that climate change is caused predominantly by us. Let's just assume that that is the case. Or even if that isn't the case, even if it is that climate change is mainly natural and we have some impact on it, we should still try to do our best to minimize that impact. I don't think anybody or I don't think it's a mainstream or a common belief to go against this and to say, no, we shouldn't do anything. We should just continue to to destroy the environment to our best ability. I don't think anybody really believes that. Uh, so yes, in general, we should try to minimize our impact on the planet while also ensuring that our growth isn't hindered. I myself, I'm an anthropocentrist. I believe that we should prioritize our well-being as, as a human race. Obviously, uh, if we do destroy the planet entirely quicker than we can migrate to a new planet, then we do have an issue and we're not helping the well-being of our human race. And at the same time, we're destroying the environment. So there is a line to, to draw at, at a point where, you know, we are prioritizing ourselves and we're, do, we're growing. But at the same time, we're doing our best to minimize 
our impact on the environment, uh, our negative impact on the environment and maximize our positive impact on the environment. Am I concerned about the world ending? Am I concerned that uh, sapiens are going to go extinct? Well, definitely not in my generation. Next generation? Uh, still, I don't think so. The generation after that? Uh, I'm still unsure, but even if that is the case, by then we definitely will have found another suitable planet to migrate to. Humans have the greatest tool at our disposal, and that is innovation. The same case goes with overpopulation. A lot of people several decades ago thought that the world would end or that we would run out of resources and people would starve to death and problems like that would happen so that so we should implement solutions that would involve killing people to avoid overpopulation even if we ignore how ridiculously immoral that is just to kill people at random because we think that people in the future are going to have an issue even if we put the moral aspect aside they're just blatantly wrong, and we're living proof. What happened, we, the world, we didn't run out of resources. People didn't starve, people didn't die. In fact, the quality of life improved for everyone. Why did that happen? It's because humans, like I said, have innovation. What does that mean? That means that we found ways to use resources as we never had used them before so that we could maximize our use and be efficient with them. And, and this happens naturally with market forces because obviously, uh, a business that is interested in pursuing their own interests and ensuring that they are a stable business and that they're going to have a long lifetime, they're obviously going to try and use resources in the most efficient way possible. At the same time, maybe because they're concerned about immediate growth, they might deplete resources. Sure, that is there. But the point is that we think that we're going to run out of resources. We keep saying every every few years, that in the next few years, we're going to run out of resources or that people are going to starve. Starvation rates, all of that, it keeps going down. Why does it keep going down? Like I said, we find ways to use resources as we've never used them before. We discover new resources. That's going to keep happening. That will happen as long as humans exist. Obviously, every species has a lifetime and at some point, sapiens will go extinct. But considering our intelligence and our, and considering our capacity for innovation, it's going to be a very long time until that happens. So in terms of overpopulation and even in terms of harming the environment, are we going to eventually run out of resources on this planet? Yes, probably. We will. We will soon. It will happen. I don't think it'll happen in, in the immediate few couple centuries, maybe in a century and a half, maybe something like that. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not an expert on this. But even if that does happen at that point, I, I would definitely say that we'd have a planet that is suitable for inhabitants that we would m migrate to for the most part. And our species would continue to thrive on that planet. In fact, we may even find a better planet than we have now. But that's the point, right? The point is that humans, we always think that it's going to happen. We always think that we're going to run out of resources. We're going to go extinct, that something like that's going to happen. People predicted it a few decades ago. People now are predicting it for a few decades in the future. It's definitely not going to happen. I can put my money on that. So if we know as a human race that we are going to find a way out of this, should we just completely ignore the negative impacts we have in the environment and focus entirely on ourselves? Well, yes, we should focus on ourselves, but at the same time, we should have a concern for the environment. There are ways that we can help the environment without hindering or limiting our growth. 
But the simple fact is there's only so much we can do. We can do a lot more than we're doing right now, definitely. Many countries can do a lot more than they're doing now. But even if they maximize their uh, ability to be as environmentally friendly as possible, humans are still going to be terrible to the environment. It's, it's because we have all of these complex structures, all of these uh, things that other animals don't have because they don't have the same intelligence as us. And those are industries, factories, plants, all of these things are necessary. These are the things that have helped the population that's continuously growing. It's helped provide essential goods such as food and even other essential goods. Even even if we're talking not only about essential goods, but also about leisure, uh, luxury goods. In general, the quality of life has been continuously improving, but it has come at a price. And that price has been that our impact on the environment has gotten worse and worse. So, yes, we can help the environment without hindering our growth, but there's only a certain extent to which we can do that. After a certain extent, it's going to be a trade-off. If we try to help the environment more, we're going to lose growth. If we try to increase growth rapidly, we're not going to be able to help the environment. That's just how it is. And as an anthropocentrist, I definitely think that we should be more concerned about our growth. But if we do continue to do our best to help the environment, we will not come to a point where it's neither, right? To the point where if the if our if we run out of resources and if we can't find another planet, then then both things, growth and environment, both are ne are negatively impacted. If if there is no environment to live in, obviously there's no potential for growth. So definitely. I keep repeating myself, but yes, we should help the environment. We should do our best to minimize our negative impact on the environment. But we can't do it to an extent where we should just neglect our growth, which, by the way, would put a lot of people in pro uh, poverty and ruin or worsen the life standards of many people if we do try to do that. So, Greta Thunberg, <laughs> I admire your passion. I, I think that the dedication and commitment to doing what you're doing is something that isn't very common for people your age. So it's definitely something admired, but I think that it needs to be redirected. It definitely needs to be redirected and it needs to be reinformed by actually considering the stances of scientists, actual scientists. I'm not, I'm not even saying uh, skeptics. I'm not even saying the group of scientists that uh, deny climate change or the group of scientists that say it's not caused by humans to any considerable extent. It's a very small group that does that, but I'm not even talking about those. I'm, I'm talking about the general consensus. Yes, climate change is a problem. And yes, people, uh, the general consensus is that it is, for the most part, man-made. But then there's also politically motivated scientists that are exaggerating the scenario. So th those are the kinds of ideas that you have to that you have to ignore, you should look at the conflicts of interest. For example, if you're looking at uh, a study or a report that's been put out by by a, a huge manufacturer about how manufacturing this certain good doesn't have any negative impact on the environment, and it's it uses an authority like a scientist, but it's backed by a, a large corporation, obviously you shouldn't trust the findings. Obviously the findings are going to be skewed in favor of climate change denial or acting as if we have no negative impact on the environment. The same goes the other way around. If you're talking about politicians who have specific interests to gain power, to expand the power of the state, then yes, you need to look at the conflict of interest. You need to look at who's backing these scientists, who's funding the scientists. In general, you need to try your best to take 
uh, a critical approach where you're looking at different perspectives, where you're looking at the general consensus in the scientific community and interpreting it without bias. Obviously, you're going to have some bias. That's just how humans are. We can't completely remove our biases, but we can be constantly aware of them and try our best to acknowledge them and remove them to the best extent possible. So anyway, uh, that'll do it for my opinions on this topic. I'll probably have a discussion with Vince or somebody else about this topic. I'd also like to have a debate if I can get somebody uh, of a differing opinion to come on the podcast. I'd definitely like to do that. But for now, uh, that's those are the mo main points I had regarding this issue. And I could definitely make a video which talks more about the statistics and talks about what the general scientific consensus actually is regarding climate change. And I will consider doing that if I uh, get time to do that. Uh, but anyway, that'll do it for me today at the sign of the dollar. Thank you for listening.